1: Eighteen plus.
2: The Raiders is a team that we don't care for.
1: Something, something. Bravo. <clears throat> With Lord Lattimore, just
3: Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com. <laughs> <Incomplete>. <laughs> Hello, everybody. You are listening to Something Something Broncos. I am just placed, joined by Tim Lynch and Lori Lattimore Volkman. Uh, the Denver Broncos are sitting at four and six. Ladies and gentlemen, we can go ahead and do a victory lap after our win over the Miami Dolphins and kind of put a little hiccup into Tua uh career because he was benched. Uh And he was benched because the defense sacked him six times um and uh i got got 5 tackles for a loss which is pretty good do do we want to take a moment climb up on a high horse and declare that all the haters were wrong and that anyone who doubts this the the, the efforts of this 4 and 6 Denver Broncos squad is just a hater
2: <laughs> well i think we should definitely give the props where they're due the broncos look good they made a lot of improvements they did things that we were talking about all week that you know, we'd like to see out of this team, Drew Locke bounce back, even after throwing an interception, it, which made probably everybody in Broncos country throw up their hands and say, "Huh, oh, here we go again."
3: I just threw up. I didn't even throw up my hands. <laughs> oh God, here we go.
2: I don't think anyone, especially any team with a losing record and a losing record the last four years, should start squawking at fans who might be a little bit upset with how the team is. A little finger
3: wagging at the national media (laughs) who have noticed that we haven't really been that good since Peyton Manning left. Of course, we're
2: talking about the tweet where the Broncos social media, twice now, has picked on the national media for not believing in the Broncos to be able to pull out a win. And my reaction to that is it's it's a funny tweet. They should do that because we did win and that's what Twitter is all about, right? Be snarky, be funny, take your victories when you can take your shots when you can to be at all you know condescending to anyone for questioning that is definitely totally off the
3: rails i'm just going to jump all over tim i know he hasn't said anything yet but i got something to say and i'm going to say it sorry <laughs> tim hang on <laughs> this is this is where we are though in Broncos history, have we ever stood up and taken a victory lap like that before? Even when we've won back-to-back Super Bowls, we never, we never took a stance like that. But we're gonna take a stance like that now. At four and six, like ha ha ha, like look at us, like we we're so amazing. How dare you doubt our sub five hundred team? <laughs> and so you you snark
4: the snarker and it all blew up in your face didn't it <laughs> it was a great meme i loved it wasn't it was, a, it was a good meme. yeah but but don't ever snark the snarky broncos official twitter account or you will have the local regional uh, media <laughs> blowing yeah, up your actually. phone jess yeah
3: i yeah, i know they boy some people really took offense they were like how dare you uh, call out the Broncos for, for being so ridiculous. It was ridiculous, like, what are you doing? But that's fine, I mean, I, I wasn't alone. I mean, Sean Drotar of 104.3 uh, was also on a similar page. And, and I, I'm, shockingly enough, James marilat also of 104.3 took issue. Other people noticed the tweet and other people had something to say, but for some reason, they only came after us because my meme was that good.
4: It, it really was. Um, <laughs> it, it really was. Sayer from Predominantly Orange and Brandon Spano, even the uh, the Jedi guy who's pretty popular on Broncos Twitter, uh, just did not like our tweet. So it wow. is what it is. It was an A-plus tweet, and that's probably why it rattled the really big Broncos Twitter fans who who can see no wrong. Or I mean, is it
3: okay to kind of be critical of the team that you love when they underperform and break your heart week after week after week for... Yeah. It's out of love. But it's
4: also okay to always be that that guy that loves everything the team does and will never criticize him. It's okay to be a fan. It's going to be that kind of fan. It's okay to be the fan that says, you know, we're not the freaking Cleveland Browns. So let's get our shit together and get back to, to the winning circle more often than uh, 40% win rate each season. You know, get back into the positive win rate and... You know, let's be critical of the team as it goes because you don't want them to fall into that 20-year Raider-like uh, destitution that we all know and love.
3: It Nothing sounds- sadder than watching the Raiders pound their chest every, every year after one game or two games for the last 16 years when they have been completely irrelevant. So that is pathetic, and it's, we're better than that. We don't need to be doing that. Yeah,
4: you just got blown out by the Raiders last week. I'm still salty about that. So don't go, look at us, you know, we're the best. No, you're not. You just got blown out by the Raiders. Good job beating the Dolphins.
2: (laughs) Plus, people are missing the context. All of those analysts slash pundits that picked the Dolphins to win, I mean, it's their job. They're not fans. They're just football analysts. It is their job to look at the two teams and decide who they think is going to win. It is not absurd at all that they all picked the Dolphins.
4: They look at the fact that the Broncos have one win against a team with a winning record in their last 31 tries. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, you yeah. know, uh, I want to win this week. So I'm going to pick, uh, you know, the team that's probably going to win.
2: <laughs> right. And to your point, Tim, fans can be rah-rah Broncos. They can be you're terrible because I love you. I'm going to tell you that you need to fix this. They're all over the map. and. Many times you have contradictory emotions within the same game, right? You're like angry most of the game. Then they pull out a win. You're like, you know, they're still your favorite team. Now you love them again. It's all good. I felt like the Broncos tweet was funny. Our tweet back was also funny. And that's what you're supposed to do on Twitter. That snarky attempt to engage people over being funny is exactly what this is for. The piling on of MHR for doing that was insane. All it was, was those guys finding an opportunity to bash the bigger, more popular blog.
3: (laughs) Yes, exactly. On that note, uh, please order your takeout Thanksgiving dinner uh, from Brandon Spano's DNVR bar. Uh, and order your mile high report t-shirt today <laughs> <laughs> i don't have anything against those guys i was kind of surprised yeah, all of a sudden guns came out i was yeah. like whoa whoa like i thought we were you well, know we, cool. were sarah, we sarah and
4: i were, were hugging by the end of it so it was all good
3: that's good he's, he's that's a good. good guy we like he, well he used to be a mile high report staffer um, yeah. back in the day so i yeah
4: He's an optimistic dude, and I, I love that about him. So I know why he he went after us on that because we were we were kind of calling out the Broncos official Twitter. And...
3: Yeah, but that's not the team. That's not the <laughs> team. That's that's like an extension. That's like so, that's like our Instagram.
1: We
2: were team. calling out the Twitter for making a comment as if the team just you know is on the super bowl path like there's which they are not <laughs> you know right. Right. like just said they're doing a victory lap because they won a game which was a great game to win and they should do that victory lap but to act like they had won the super bowl or like we are now in contention for the playoffs was over the top and deserved the meme that it got it was all perfect
4: and you know, I made I made two tweets during the game because you know I try to stay hands off because that's just his territory. When Drew Locke was zero for six with an interception, made <laughs> some tweets that we're not looking so good by the second quarter. And I I kind of tweeted and mean myself, uh, mean myself being at Mile Harry Port because you know you got to do that when you're when you're going through the peaks and valleys of of a game. You know, you're not always going to be in line with what's going on uh 30 minutes later which was the which is exactly
2: what we should be doing i mean that's that's how fans are right like you yeah. you get angry and then you get excited and you and then you fall the in team. love
3: and then you're I sad knew- yes it's it the the, the roller coaster i I want nothing more than to be made a complete fool for things I've said about Drew Locke. I would love that. I own it every day of the week, up and down the block and twice on Sundays. Because it's just it's, you know, I call I call balls and strikes as I see them. It. When it's silly, Bronco's Twitter, or when play is bad, I will say it you know, I don't want to be, you know, that guy, but that is the truth that you get with the Mile High Report Twitter account. It's unfiltered, unadulterated Broncos coverage.
2: Which is why our Twitter engagement is so good, because it follows the fans' emotions
3: too. We are fans.
4: That, that Raider game deserved a little <laughs> more positivity.
3: <laughs> Something to be positive about. Like that's, again, it's, it's a reflection of how the fans are feeling in the moment. And it was, not, there was very little to be positive.
4: About. And last week it was a fan who has a brother-in-law who's a Raider fan. So that's why it was especially rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs>
2: I'd be curious, all those fans, how they stand on the booing, because I, I personally don't like the booing, but I, I get the argument for it. You I get have to save that.
4: the booing for the most impactful moment.
2: The thing about booing that always bothers me is you're, you are booing the product, but it, I think those you know, players on the field, I don't think any of those players are trying to play badly. I feel bad for them. <laughs> it's hard to get motivated to do better when the fans are, are booing, that's, but I, I, I get that it sends a message, so whatever. But to me, Twitter, like that's exactly what you should be doing. You're not, you're not personally offending the players on Twitter. You are, you are expressing your emotion as you feel it. And it's, it's real and it's raw and it's perfect. That I think that is why our, our Twitter, especially on game day and especially thanks to Jess. Is so good.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs> happy, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to you
4: too. <laughs> I did bash Drew Lock a little bit in, in my prediction, but I predicted a win regardless of who started. So, you know, 20 to 18 is pretty close to 20 to 13, if I might I might add. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But but here's Can the thing. Then what it. happened is a lot of people started piling on to Mile High Report in general and saying things like, This site is always negative. You know they never they don't like the Broncos. This isn't a true side. Whatever. I don't like losing. Well, also, do you read us because we have a dozen people with a dozen different opinions, and not every single person on the staff has been negative or positive or anything. Like everybody has a completely different view.
3: Balanced critical approach because you've got so many different opinions. It, it you get a broad slice of what it's like to be a Broncos fan. So if you're yeah. mad you can find it on Mile High Report. If you're sad, if you are rah-rah, if you are 16-0 uh, and 0 until we ain't, like, that's all there. I'll be honest. So, this concludes our commercial for milehighreport.com. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, just know that if you if you see that we're negative, it's not because we hate the Broncos or we have some agenda or anything like that. We are all very passionate fans that do this for very little. And so, it's... <laughs> It, it is a it is a a labor of love, and sometimes you know the emotions get get high, and and we'll let you know about it. And that's that's the, our commitment to you. I I will say that
4: this five years though is starting to really wear on the positivity. Like my report in the comments section used to always be like, you know, nineteen and zero till we eight, or thirteen and three till we're not, or that kind of stuff. And it's just, I think fans even on our side are getting tired of the losing. It's getting. It's getting frustrating. We got to get this turned around soon. And because you don't want fans to turn apathetic where they just don't give a shit.
2: Can you imagine being a fan of the Browns, the Bills, where it's been that long? And that's it's why we great- need to
3: fight tooth and nail so that we don't go back there. As fans, we have to like be very clear about expectations. That goes back to expectations.
4: The, the booing thing. You just, you know, I don't want to get to a point where we just boo everything. Uh, I, I like the impactful boo. like. You know I'm thinking back to 2005 at halftime against the chargers down 14 nothing and they booed the the broncos off the field that is an impactful boo right <laughs> you know and it it sparked a good team who was that was playing poorly to play great booing a bad team i mean that's that's pointless it, you need to boo the front office at that point it's not the Especially players when,
3: well that's what they are i mean the, the it's it's not you're not booing uh, uh bradley chubb individually or a unit individually or i mean yes you're booing the team but i mean it dissatisfaction needs to be voiced and if you're if they're not hearing that oh i don't know on twitter or uh on various blogs and other outlets uh that is the only that traditionally that has been the best way to get the attention of the franchise it's like th- what we are seeing is not good. Well, no. The best way I to get disagree. the attention of the
2: franchise is to not stop going. Buy the tickets. Stop
3: going. Yeah, yeah.
4: You boo think, the players. You stop attending to boo the. the that's what. The franchise. But
3: well, that then that's the apathy that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, but
2: that's apathy is what shows. I think the front office. Hey, there you know we can't keep doing this because they're they're not coming. We need to do something to bring them back. Uh, there could be a boo that I would not be passionately against. But uh, you know when you do boo try telling Bradley Chubb that, hey, well, it's not you. You you know, you go out and play hard. That's fine. Like when those players are out there and they hear that, I think they get the message. And I think we have a coach who totally understands. He he that, he's not against the fans booing because he knows what it means. But it are doesn't you? help motivate the players if you if you're doing it all the time, because then they just feel like
1: I'm you out here you. busting
2: my ass and I can't make the team win. I'm one player and you booing is
0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW group. where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Quarterback, say, hey,
4: flipping off the fans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well... I mean, yes, but not I me. Mean, he can do whatever he wants.
3: <laughs> like, Are you talking about Jake Plummer? Uh, no. I'm, <laughs> or is there,
4: um, is there another
3: thing you're talking you know, about? Uh, there have been, been some unconfirmed if reports If I were Jake Plummer's year. mother,
2: I would tell him I was very disappointed in that behavior.
3: What about another quarterback? If you were another quarterback's mother, that they caught some sort of...
2: Like he said the F word, right? F you to the fans?
3: Yeah. I think Un- I've heard. I've heard something.
2: Unconfirmed, speculating, some except by lip reading.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y- an- yet another reason why everyone needs to wear a mask, <laughs> especially on the
4: sidelines when you're. I mean,
2: is losing. no. <laughs> I feel like if he. If it, you know, you never, you don't know the situation, whatever. I would say, as a, uh, I say this about all famous people, celebrities, et cetera, you have to, you have to act a cut above anyway. Like you just should. You are a in the public eye. What you do matters. And so people are going to be very critical. And you can't, like, there's no reason to start yelling back at people when they're critical of you.
3: Pulling up to the, the coach's box at Pat Shermer, I didn't think he was yelling at the fans. <laughs> Good
2: point. He might have been doing that.
3: <laughs> Let's talk a
4: hypothetical. Um, the Broncos' next two games are against uh, two of the best records in football. The Saints are eight and two. The Chiefs are nine and one. They, they lose the next two, and then they come out and they they beat the Panthers. And you know we're right back with the the Broncos' Twitter account calling out <laughs> the national. We're five. Media. We're
2: five and eight, and we're doing a victory lap.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do
3: do we do Down this again? Chest. Yeah.
2: You do a victory lap for winning a game. You should always do that, always, celebrate a win. Always,
3: always, yes.
2: But to then, to chastise anyone who picked a loss, especially an analyst versus a fan, is just stupid. That would be stupid, and I would hope that Jess will answer with another appropriate meme.
3: <laughs> I, will, I will find that random meme generator site, and I will make make memes on my cell phone like I do. So, what if?
4: So, here's the thing. The Saints are without Drew Brees. They got Taysom Hill, and Drew Locke had a good game. I, I liked how he played. Do you think he'll back it up with some consistent play? I mean, I sure hope he yes. will. I, we need to see him back games up with consistent effort and, and consistent decision making.
3: They run the ball and play good defense. There's nothing that Drew Locke can't do to not lose the game. Oh, that's not true. But. <laughs> <laughs> I have belief. I believe if you if you ride the running backs and yes. play good defense, good things will happen. So like, how do
4: you have a successful running game if defenses are stacking the box and daring Drew Locke to beat them with the pass? Because you're talking about setting up the run to make Drew Locke successful, but teams are trying to make Drew Locke be successful so they can pocket, run the ball.
3: Dump right, off well, screen. And then you,
2: you do passes that Drew Locke is very comfortable with. And, and also is pretty on the money. I would not bring be back. throwing the deep ball to Tim Patrick because we only can do that when it doesn't matter. And
4: <laughs> <laughs> so bring you know, back, back Rich Gangorillos offense is what you're saying.
3: Yes. <laughs> Don't know what they're going to do. I mean, yes, they're gonna they're gonna try to take the ball off the ground because we did have 160 something yards in rushing, uh, but both running backs had over 80 yards apiece, and so that is isn't you can't have that if you're the Saints, and and that's exactly what the Broncos need to do uh, going into Sunday.
4: Yeah. Well, speaking of booing, the Broncos <laughs> are fortunate to not have any more fans because their remaining home games. Are against teams with an eight and two record, a seven and three record, and a six and four record. So oh. yeah, it's probably best they don't have fans uh, here on out. Um,
1: well, and for safety reasons, it's probably.
4: Well, I'm talking from the booing oh. standpoint, but for safety reasons, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just well, talking from from a boo standpoint and having you know players tell the fans to f off. That's probably for the best.
3: Now we don't know if that's the case. He's probably he might have been talking to um, um, uh, Tom McMahon,
2: <laughs> in which case,
3: we I were probably that, booing, <laughs>
4: Tom I'm just saying,
2: that one, that one would deserve a little credit, honestly, it's <laughs> something um, coach Fangio had said after the game, which I, I thought was interesting. He He mentioned that they picked out a few different running plays from the playbook, because they had been watching Miami's defense and they saw that they do, they basically do something from the sixties with their defensive front. And so we pulled out apparently some running plays that are similar design. That kind of thing gives me a lot of confidence that our coaching staff is, you know, they're looking at film and they're trying to do what they think is going to work and they're designing plays that they can do. And they practice those. And Andrew Locke made a comment along the same lines that it was really affirming to get the game plan on Monday, put it in a little bit Wednesday and Thursday, and feel really confident about it, and then you know, and then go out and execute it well. And if they do that, if that approach again, you know, they'll have a good chance against any team. I mean, they may not be able to beat the Saints or the Chiefs, both very good teams, especially the Chiefs. They also have an offensive mastermind in Andy Reid. The Raiders
3: could beat them. <laughs> we can beat them. Like, there is hope. There is hope.
2: Right. Philip Lindsay said the same thing. You know, it, sometimes we overthink it. Like, it's really just about putting in plays we can do, putting in plays that are gonna work against this team, practicing that, and then actually executing it well. I feel like Drew Locke will progress a little bit more because he was able to do that in this game. I think probably even for his own confidence, having thrown an interception right away, having Dalton Reisner come over and give him a hug, gave him, the the boost he needed, even if we don't win, I just want to see us compete and quit doing what we did against the Raiders.
4: That's that's what we all want to see. That's the thing I love about Vic Fangio and why, you know, all the negative feedback he gets on Twitter a lot. How many coaches do you think would would look at the Dolphins and go, I've seen that before <laughs> and and have watched film right. from the 60s? Vic Fangio didn't coach in the 60s. He just, he's that much of a student of the game that he can recognize defensive fronts from decades ago and then game plan around that saying, okay, well, if they're going to run something from the sixties, we're going to go find out what kicked that defense out of the playbook in the sixties and run that. And that's what they did. And they just ran shot over the, the dolphins defense. That was like a bill Belichick genius move, you know,
2: Mike Munchak, a lot of the <clears throat> offensive linemen pointed him out too. You know, we have a coach in there, who is doing some work in the background, and we just don't always see it?
4: I've been Garrett Bowles's probably biggest critic. I, I've no, just
3: I was hammered year, that guy. I was. Uh, it, I, I I did not.
4: I mean, I, I did, did penalty him. posts on That's him. Bad. I mean, trust me, know. I've gotten a lot of hate from Bowles fans. I
2: think Mile High Report probably does stand as the biggest critic. <laughs> <But when> I- <laughs>
3: We better own s- up to that one. Last year was comically awful. Like, I mean, it was it, all like of to, them were. all The year. amount okay. of growth that Garrett Bowles has exhibited over the last Ouch. year is is nothing short of of amazing. I've never yeah. seen a player go from the trash heap, from under the trash heap, uh, to all of a sudden being one of the best players on on the football team. Like, how does how does that happen? Like, that's a credit to Mike Munchak and and to Garrett Bowles. Like and to to Garrett the Bowles. fact that he has put in the work to shed the, the the stink of 2019 off of him to the point where people are like, we have to pay him, we have to pay him. I am happy to be wrong about Bowles.
4: And there was nothing in his entire professional career that suggested a turnaround was coming. Uh, he, as bad as 2019 was, it was just as bad in all of his previous seasons as well. What cha- permanently changed my mind, because I was already teetering on the fence, you know, it's hard to admit you're absolutely ass wrong on a on a player and i you know i'm happy to do it i I was i was slowly getting to the point where i was going to admit i was wrong 10 games in you know i'm I'm almost there but when i saw a a play that he he did on a big run he pulled out and just flattened a db it was just and he didn't even try he just like just pushed the guy and the guy went flying completely pancaking this guy the angle was great he has a couple of penalties but it's not a big deal every every alignment has penalties i know for bowls it's magnified every little mistake he makes but i think he's worth re-signing at this point uh just based in the run game you know he's improving in the pass protection left tackles are hard to find now you got to go sign him uh, because he's turned the corner it wasn't just that play there's been a ton of of big plays and he's just got a nasty streak to him that's not resulting in stupid penalties that I'm starting to like. One Turning us, into a Garrett Bowles fan, people. This is a water Which one of moment. us is going to write the love letter to Garrett Bowles to get him to say, <laughs> I think it we, should
2: probably be Jess. Yeah, okay.
4: I'll do Perfect Monday <laughs> I, morning horse tracks after a win.
2: He basically defended two guys, each with one arm. He, like, pushed him back. So, you know, like, the guy's strong, and he has potential to be probably a little bit game-changing on our line, at least it, it's looking like it this year, so... Kudos to Garrett Bowles.
3: No, what was
4: it, four holding penalties in one game? There, there was only one game where he had, I think, back-to-back penalties where he reverted a little bit to old Garrett Bowles, but then he snapped back and hasn't done that.
2: From just watching the games, you you don't even feel like you hear his number being called.
4: I know, yeah, isn't he had, that great? He had a really rough... that. So the Chargers game is when he had the rough outing where he had three penalties. But yeah, he had a illegal block above the waist which I've never heard of <laughs> um, like, above the waist. You're not
3: allowed to block. <laughs> I don't understand. Keep it below, below the belt. Always.
4: Three holding calls uh, this year. It looks like two of them were offset. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We
3: love you, Garrett.
4: <laughs> Out of his six penalties, two were false starts, which offensive linemen always do that. So that's not a big deal. That's something I can forgive. It's the, the holding calls that are drive killers and you know he's only had one stand that's a huge improvement
3: yeah so okay should we do it should we should we see which of us is the biggest (laughs) fan by predicting the largest margin of victory for (laughs) uh sunday against the saints yeah remember remember if you don't have a large enough margin of victory you're not a real fan
2: you're a hater you're a hater you're also a hater
3: yeah how dare you
2: Can you imagine ever picking a big margin of victory? The Broncos never do that. Even when they could blow someone out, they usually don't. It's been a while since it's been even a possibility.
3: <laughs> it was last year. We, we had that shutout last year. But the uh, shutout yeah.
2: was only, I mean, we only scored 13 points, right? We, it wasn't a big margin.
3: I just, I was just glad we won. Victory left. <laughs>
2: All right. all right so what do you think
3: what's the score what's your prediction
2: 26 24 broncos
4: was that a score no that was 23 22 i think i was thinking of the saints that that epic two-point conversion flop uh, flip-flop play with justin simmons and will parks that was awesome yeah that was awesome. 2016 it was a great game yep. as the only one who predicted a win last week you know, <laughs> unfortunately the Broncos defense tends to struggle against uh, mobile quarterbacks, and they got Taysom Hill starting. I don't think they're going to win this one. I think it's going to be 26 to 16 Saints kind of game.
3: I think the Saints are going to score 13 points, and uh, the Broncos are going to sc- score 66 points. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're the biggest fan, Jess. Oh,
3: my God. It's gonna be
2: oh. the most points scored in history by the Broncos football <laughs> club.
3: No, I don't, I'll I, 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 I I'll predict it when. sure, why not? We'll put them back to back, I, 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 we'll say <laughs> we'll say 28, 25.
2: Ooh. All right, write it down, are you writing this down so we can? No,
3: I haven't.
4: <laughs>
3: I'm um,
2: writing it down, 26, 24.
3: 28, 25.
4: Saints. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to give me your predictions for the Saturday post, too.
2: I know. I don't like to do it when I don't predict the win. I feel (laughs) bad.
4: (laughs) Poor Joe didn't give a score prediction, so I just put Joe's angry as the headline. I know. (laughs) And he got screenshotted the one time. It's like, oh, my God. I've got a pretty good record predicting Broncos games this year. So, you know, people can be mad or be sad. It doesn't matter. I'm trying to be honest.
3: Well, thank you for listening to yet another uh, rambling tirade on Something Something Broncos. Uh, I am Jess Place, joined by Lori Lattimore-Volkman and Tim Lynch. And in case you haven't heard, Mile High Report is the number one site for all your Denver Bronco fan needs, wants, news, information, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And (laughs) T-shirts. And Twitter account fights uh, with (laughs) other people.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) correction on the reporting of the foul both teams were on the both both fouls were on the kicking team
4: now it's recording Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! thank you
3: all right
4: rally to the cheerleading cause because that's you
3: know what they want from us right i don't know what they want from us to be honest we just we just give our our blood our soul Everything we got to the Mile High Report community, and this is how we're treated. That's all right. <laughs>
4: oh,
3: oh boy! Not, not
2: from the Mile High Report community.
3: <laughs> now, now
4: you're the guy with the champagne yeah. in his face. <laughs>
3: yeah. Right.
4: Positivity aspect is is waning, and it's. I'm, not- I'm podcasting. What's up? Radio edit. <laughs>
3: Sorry.
2: (laughs) We mark that down. That's at 1234.
3: You missed your, no, your doctor's appointment's at three. All right. I I muted him. (laughs) Say mile high report is the best. (laughs) Mile high report is the best. (laughs) thanks for listening. Thank you for listening (laughs) to (laughs) milehighreport.com. That's great. (laughs)
4: He had that last part down.
3: <laughs> Boom. MileHighReport.com. No, he is our yeah. biggest cheerleader at his school. He's like, My dad does MileHighReport.com. So. <laughs> right. Is that it? Is that That's it? We're done? It. That's, right. That's it. All right. You've been listening to Something Something Broncos, a feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lenimorval, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com.